You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. Before I preach, I want to say a couple things. Uh, We're going into Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we just want to honor the men and women who have died while serving in the U.S. military, that there are men and women, I believe the Memorial Day was kind of invented, was thought up to honor the men and women who had passed away during the Civil War. And it's, it's just grown as we've unfortunately have continued to fight. That, that man, we see as soon as sin entered into the world, the very first sin that was committed was murder. That man was so angry at another man. That brother was so angry at another brother that the only thing he could do was make somebody spill blood. And unfortunately... That thought, that sin, that desire in humanity still exists to this day where there are people out in the world who just want to see the world bleed because they don't know that there's a man, a God-man who's already bled for them, that they're so angry that they say, I must make somebody bleed. They don't know that Jesus has already bled for them. But thank God that there are men and women in this amazing country, United States of America, who have stood up and said, you know what? I'll bleed for my country. I'll bleed for those who don't have a voice. I'll bleed so that our freedoms, our rights, our constitution can be protected and be taken care of. And many of these men and women over many, many wars have lost their lives. And today we honor them. Today we stand up to them. Today we salute them. Today we remember them as we go into this holiday weekend. That as we celebrate and we enjoy our freedoms, we don't forget whose backs we are riding those freedoms on. The bloodshed that has occurred. That there are men and women who have gone all across the world and done heroic things that will never be even talked about. Who have lost their lives and somewhere their bones are laying. They weren't even allowed to come back home to us, and we honor those families who have lost those. We are mourning with you, but we celebrate them, and we say thank you to those men and women, and we remember them in Jesus' name. Amen. As we talk about the men and women who have lost their lives, I also want to highlight that there is a man who some of y'all have maybe never even heard of, who is a general in the faith who passed away this week. His name was Ravi Zacharias, one of the most faithful, one of the most powerful, one of the most God-loving men who went around the world preaching and teaching the gospel and the good message of Jesus Christ. An Indian man who tried to take his own life as a child in a high school and came across God, was introduced to God in that hospital and started seeking out who God was. And he became what is called an apologetics. And in that is a type of study in Christianity where you go and argue in a respectful way, where you go and teach and answer the questions of people on the true theological understanding of what Christianity is. And Ravi went all around the world. He created the Ravi Zachariah ministry where he taught hundreds if not thousands of preachers how to debate the scriptures. He would go to colleges 
And he would let these college-age kids come up and ask questions. Muslims, atheists, agnostics, Christians, different denominations. And he would answer them by talking about the scriptures, but talking in love. He never raised his voice. He never got angry. He just loved on people. When I was in Bible school, I got introduced to him, read many of his books. He's got podcasts. He's got all these different, um, he's got a website. He's got all kind of videos on YouTube. I unfortunately never had the opportunity to go and sit and listen to him live. I believe at the beginning of this year, he spoke at the Passion Conference in Atlanta. Is that Lou Giglio? Is that, I think, uh, is the one who oversees that? He spoke in front of 60,000, 70,000 people. You can go and watch that. I believe it's on YouTube, his 30, 40-minute message, as he spoke passionately about how you'll never achieve the destiny of your life until you know the creator of your destiny. I encourage you to go and listen to that message, but he passed away due to a short fight with cancer this week. And I want to stand up here as a pastor and honor this man and honor his family because he's had such an impact on me to not only just believe the truth, but question and search out the truth. So I encourage you this week, if you have some time on your hand, to go and Google or YouTube or check out just some type of clip of Ravi Zacharias speaking and talking and, and loving on people as they ask the most crazy questions. Why did God do this? And why does this happen if God does that? And he just brings love and truth and peace and mercy to those conversations. So well done, thou good and faithful servant, Ravi. I know that you are in the arms of the Savior you have so vehemently fought to defend all these years. And we will carry on that race with you. Amen. I also want to let you know that uh, over the last week, uh, we had some, some ministry friends come in. Um, they've come here before, and you've probably met them before. Carl and Pearl Van Wy, they're uh, integral parts to the, the church that we came out of in Dallas, Texas. Um, and they came up here with their kids for the last week, and we just got to spend time with them and uh, relax with them and, and enjoy time with them. It's been such a refreshing thing to just talk ministry, talk life, uh, and just laugh with each other. Um, and Carl is a, a pastor. He's done so many things. Uh, he went to Christ for the Nation, same Bible school I went to before me. We, we didn't meet till we were at the church in Dallas. Um, but he's been uh, a men's pastor. Uh, he's done janitorial work at the church. Uh, he's been the executive pastor. He's uh, studying to become a counselor. He and his wife is the children's pastor currently, and, and they've raised two fine children. Um, so while we were while I had him here, me and him sat down for about 30, 45 minutes, and we did a podcast and talked about counseling, talked about Christian counseling, talked about the stigmatism that comes with counseling, where uh, nobody wants to admit they have a problem uh, until somebody blasts it on social media, or you get arrested, or your family falls apart, and then all of a sudden you say, I need help. And so I sat down with him, and I just talked with him and asked him about his journey, asked him about his counseling expertise, what he studied, what he believed, um, and we'll be uh, releasing that in uh, probably the next week or so. So I want to encourage you, uh, if you have any questions 
about counseling, um, not just pastoral counseling. We kind of address that pastoral counseling and, and going to an actual counselor or a therapist uh, to, to work out some issues. Um, this is a great podcast for you to listen to. Like I said, 30, 45 minutes. Um, we just sit down and talk. So be looking for that in the future. Amen. Now that my mouth is dry and we have... (laughs) Let's preach a message. The message that I am preaching today is called wonderful. If you're sitting there and you're listening, I want you to say that word with me. One, two, three. Wonderful. In the English language, the word wonder means a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration, caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. A wonder. While Carl and Pearl were here uh, on our back lot of our property, um, I've been storing all kind of uh, tree limbs. We've been cutting down, me and Mr. Jim have been cutting down trees, dead trees and limbs, and we uh, have just been stacking them on top of each other and stacking them on top of each other. You would have thought that I was building the Tower of Babel of tree limbs in my backyard because it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, And we tried to burn it. We tried to do a young adults event uh, last year and burn it, um, but it rained that day. We tried to burn it on New Year's day, and uh, it rained that day as well. And um, So they just keep getting drier and drier and crispier and crispier. So with Carl and Pearl here, we decided, hey, let's have a bonfire. Uh, it was in the mid-80s. It hadn't hit 90 yet, um, but it was hot. And so we decided to burn this. So uh, we sprayed some lighter fluid on this massive pile, and we lit it. And within about five minutes, that flame, no lie, was 40 to 50 feet high. I mean, it it looked like, if you've read the story of Exodus, the pillar of fire at night is my interpretation of what I saw as I was standing at this fire thinking, oh God, I'm about to burn down probably all of Williston. Uh, This thing was huge and... um, Luckily, Carl had a small water hose, so he's spraying all the embers as they're falling down on us. Um, We have video footage of it. It might be on my wife's social media, and Pearl posted some pictures of it. Uh, But I stood there in wonder at how tall this flame was, knowing that I had no control over it anymore. As I stood next to the flame, feeling the intense radiant heat that I haven't felt in so long, Later on, as the fire eventually died down, and thank God didn't burn down anything else, it was a clear sky that night, and we were all sitting around the remaining fire, and friends and family were there, and we were talking, and, and we could see all the stars in the backyard. There were no lights back there. The fire was, was dimly lit, and there was an app that people were using to see the constellations And so you would hold the phone up to the sky and it would tell you where the constellations are. Here's the Big Dipper, here's the Little Dipper, different things like that. And we just kept looking. And as we kept looking, we we started seeing the stars moving. We don't know what we saw. We assumed they were satellites moving. We saw planes. We, We saw shooting stars. We saw big stars. We saw little stars. And as we kept staring, we kept seeing stars farther and farther away experiencing a wonder that we hadn't experienced in a long time. It started these in-depth, deep conversations. 
And I started thinking, when's the last time that I experienced wonder? To stand in front of this massive fire, to feel the heat radiating off of it as I was 5, 10 feet away, knowing that I didn't really have control over it at that time. To stand underneath hundreds and thousands and millions of stars and galaxies and to look at them all. I started thinking, when's the last time that I experienced this type of wonder? I think the last time I could say I experienced wonder was when my daughter was born. When I experienced and saw childbirth happen right there. When I saw the, 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 my wife and, and what she had to go through and to see that baby come out and to hear that first little cry and that first little breath. To stand there, be in wonder. When's the last time I, I experienced wonder before that, I think the last time I experienced wonder was when there was a little game called the National Championship game that happened. I don't want you to tune me out, um, but there was this one little team called the Tigers who happened to beat another little team called the Tigers. Now, we hadn't been there in a long time like the other Tiger team had been there to experience the wonder of, of winning those things. But from the National Championship to my child being born, to staring at this massive fire, that wonder, that experience of wonder was so far between that I thought, man, I would like to experience wonder more in my own personal life. And it got me thinking today, I wonder if the same is true in our Christian life. You know, we've experienced wonder with God well, we've heard stories. We've heard other people tell stories of God doing wonderful things. But is it possible that you need to experience or see the God of wonder show up in your life today? I want to encourage you and remind you that God is in a continual state of wanting to do wonderful things in his people's lives to make them experience Wonder. The scripture that we're going to focus on today, and we're going to jump down a little bit, Tommy, is Psalm 77, 14, and we'll jump back up to 11 in a second. This is a scripture that I want to highlight. This is a scripture that I want you to study and meditate on this week. It says that you are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the people. See how this scripture kind of ties into our offering scripture? He says, you've declared your strength among the people. In offering, it says that he will bless his people with strength. He's declaring that he's giving that strength to you, and he's also blessing and giving that strength and peace to you today. Be encouraged if you feel like you're weak, if you feel like you're struggling, if you feel like you need help in any way, call upon the name of the Lord, and he will give, he will bless, and he will declare Strength among you today. Verse 14 of Psalm 77 says, You are the God who does wonders. We talked about the definition of wonders in the English language, but in the Hebrew language, let's see what the word wonders is. What is God doing? What is the God who does wonders? What does wonders mean? It means to marvel. It means to do something wonderful. Wonderful. It means something admirable. Admirable. It means a miracle of God. It says, you are the God who does wonders, who does miracles. 
And I think today, now more than ever, right in this moment, we need to be reminded that we have and serve a wonderful God. A God who does wonders. A God who is willing. A God who is able. A God who is wanting to do wonders in His people's lives. And in His people's lives includes you and includes me. And as I watched a football game, as I watched the birth of my child, as I watched a fire, as I watched the stars, those are all three, six, maybe nine months where I can look back in my life over the last year and say, That's, those are probably times where I've been wonderfied, where I've had a feeling of surprise mingled with an admiration. And then it started making me think, when was the last time I experienced wonder with God? When is the last time I was reading the scriptures, I was in a service, I was in my yard, I was in my shower, and I was worshiping God, and I experienced a moment of wonder with Him? Because it says in this scripture that He's the God who does wonders, which means He wants to do them, and He wants to do them continually, and He wants to show off to His people, which means me not seeing wonders is not because God doesn't want to do them, It's because I'm not pursuing them. I'm not remembering who my God is and what He wants to do. I'm so focused on the task at hand. I'm so focused on the world around me. I'm so focused on the issues and the storms that I forget that I have a wonderful God who wants to do wonders, who wants to do miracles, who wants to do signs, who wants to make me have this feeling of admiration. To see something beautiful happen in my life. Let's jump back up to Psalm 77, verse 11. It says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Verse 12, I will also meditate on all your works and talk of your deeds. Verse 13, your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? In our verse, verse 14, You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the people. In verse 11, it tells us to remember the works of the Lord, to remember the wonders of old. How do you remember? How do you expect? How do you step out in faith to know that God, who does wonders, will do wonders again in your life? It starts with remembering the works and the wonders of old that He's done for you. Do you remember when he saved you? Do you remember what he brought you out of? Do you remember the addictions, the failures, the sins? And you might be struggling with some of those things now. Being a part of the child and the family of God, but you're not where you used to be. He wants to do wonders in your life. And it's remembering what he did in the past. Remembering when I heard my son's cry Remember when he came out of the womb. Remembering those moments and I came into that second child and I thought, you did it once, God. You blew my mind and you brought wonder into my life when that first child was born. As we were going into pushing, I wasn't pushing, I was just there cheering her on to push. As she went into pushing, I remembered, I heard that first baby cry, I'm going to hear this second baby cry. I saw that first baby 
come out healthy and whole, this second baby's going to come out. Because I remember the wonders of old. I remember the wonder of LSU winning the national champion last year and believing they'll win it this year. Amen. Not an amen in the crowd, but it's okay. Wrong state. Look at verse 12. I will also meditate on all your works and talk of your deeds. Look at this. Look at the importance here. Meditating, remembering on his works, remembering on his words. Meditating is is when you're thinking about what he's done. Going back, when I think about what the Lord has done, there's a song that says how he saved me and how he raised me and how he filled me up to the uttermost and how he filled me with the Holy Ghost. It makes me want to shout, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the praise. Because when you start meditating on the works of what he's done, and you start filling your mind with the goodness of God, it's going to push out and eradicate and move the negative thoughts that are there. And look, it also tells us the importance of talking of your deeds, of going out and sharing your testimony. Don't tell them about who you used to be. Tell them about what God has turned you into. Verse 13 says that your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. If you could just think of this thought right here. Who is so great a God as our God? Can you be honest and say that in your life? Who is so great a God as our God? I can say that. I can say that. There's no God greater than my God. There's no God who saved me. There's no God who's taken care of me. There's no idol that I could bow down to. There's no other book that I can read outside of the scriptures. There's no one that I could pray to outside of my God. How great a God as our God. And look at verse 14. When you remember the wonders of old, when you meditate on his works, when you talk about his deeds, when you remember how great of a God, the only God that you serve, then you're going to understand that he is the God who does wonders. Look at Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27. This is God speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. And he says, In verse 26, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, and this is what God says himself, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Now, wherever you're at right now, if you could just look down at your hand, pinch yourself, get you a hold of that flesh. Okay, your flesh. So therefore, this this verse and what God is saying applies to you. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me. God asked that, and he's asking it to you today. He asked it to the prophet Jeremiah many, many years ago, and whatever he says, it says his word will not return void. If he said it, then won't he also do it? He's asking the same question to you. He'll ask the same question to my kids. He'll ask the same questions to my grandkids. He's asking the same question to the church today, to the world today. He's the God of all flesh, and he's asking the simple question that is so profound, is there anything too hard? Because I believe that unfortunately in our mind, in our talk, and probably even in our hearts, we say that there are some things that, well, God can't fix this. It's happened generation after generation after generation. 
well, it's affecting the whole world, so how can it change in my life? It's affecting the whole company. It's affecting the whole stock market. It's affecting my whole family. God's asking you today, is there anything too hard for me? My daughter is six months, probably about to be seven months old. And I love to watch our baby experience something for the first time. I love to see her eyes light up when we make a new sound or a new taste or a new touch experience. When me and my wife, uh, we, we take showers with our, with our baby. And I love when, when Maddie will hand me Eliza and I'll bring her in and she'll see the water coming down from the shower. And I'm holding her and I'm bringing her to, and I always bring her straight up to the shower head. And she sees this water coming out of this machine And she just has these bright eyes, her big baby blues, and and she's touching the top of the shower head, and and she's touching the water. Recently, she started saying, Dada, before Mama. (laughs) And so in the morning, whenever she decides to wake up around 7, 7.30, she'll be, you can hear her crawling around on the baby monitor. And when she gets, when she gets fed up with us not coming to see her, she'll say, da, 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 da. And just over and over and over again. This morning I was trying to get ready. This morning I was trying to finish up the sermon and do all these things. And she kept saying, da, 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 da. And I'd poke my head into the, in the room. And I'd say, hey. She had a big smile on her face. And I'd go and I'd, say hi to her in the crib, and she'd touch my face, and then I'd walk out the room because I was trying to get ready. She'd start crying and fussing again, and I was trying to throw toys in the, in the bed for her and all that. But this innocent child who has no idea of what's out there in the real world, and just a simple noise, just a simple smile, just a, a simple encounter or taste. I let her taste sweet tea the other day for the first time. I got rebuked by my wife uh, very heavily, but uh, I just let her get a taste. She wanted to chew on the cup, and uh, she was reaching for it, and Daddy's not going to say no to his daughter, right? And to see her eyes, she tasted that sweetness for the first time, the wonder that's in there. But the thing is, she's not expecting to experience wonder, but her father is expecting to provide that wonder to see the look on her face. Her father is constantly trying to bring something to her to bring wonder into her life. I'm constantly trying to to bring a new toy, constantly trying to bring a new sound, a new taste, something new where I can see that beautiful face light up and smile and her eyes get all big as she experiences a new wonder in her life. God does wonders. It's just what he does. And he wants to bring something wonderful to your life. He wants to and is willing. Understand this today. He wants to and is willing to perform miracles for his children, especially you. He's asking the question. Not Pastor Jeremiah. Not Press Church. He's asking the question today for you. Is there anything too hard for me? The answer is no. There isn't, but you have to answer that because as soon as you answer that and you unlock that in your spirit, it opens up a brand new world to experience the wonders that God already wants to do and is already willing to do. 
Second thing I want to talk about and let you know is that Jesus is your wonder. Look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. The prophet Isaiah is prophesying about the man God who is coming to this earth. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called. And what's the very first word, what's the very first name that Jesus will be called is nothing other than wonderful. And it's the same word that we read in Psalm 77, 14. The same exact word, the same exact definition, that he will be a wonder, that he will be a marvel, that he will be something wonderful, that he will be admirable, that he will be a miracle of God. He will be wonderful. He will be a counselor. And look how that same name through Jesus is also passed on to the Holy Spirit. The counselor is here. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That Jesus is your wonder. His name is wonderful. Yes, God does wonders. But Jesus is our wonderful. He, His name. Yes, He's Prince of Peace. Yes, He's Lord of Lords. Yes, He is Savior. Yes, He is Captain of our salvation. Yes, He is all of those names but he can also be your wonder today. He is wonderful. Look at this story of Jesus in Mark chapter 9, verses 21 through 23. Jesus is encountering this man who has this son who is demon-possessed. And he's dying literally right in front of him. He's falling and doing all of these things. And Jesus is asking the father in verse 21, how long has this been happening to him? And the man says, from childhood, verse 22. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Now look at this statement. And I can be honest, and hopefully you can be honest today. I've probably said this same exact statement to God. In my prayer life, in some capacity, in some way, when I feel like God is not there, when I'm struggling, when I'm trying to understand where are you, God, the man says, as he's watching his son struggle, but if you can do anything... If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, this man may or may not know what God said all the way back in Jeremiah. He says, remember, that there's nothing too hard for him. God made that statement. But this man, in this moment, he probably doesn't know what all the prophets have said. He hasn't, he hasn't studied those things. He doesn't remember all those things. But luckily, God himself is standing in front of him. And look what Jesus says in verse 23. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. God makes a statement to Jeremiah. Is there anything too hard for me? And here is Jesus standing in front of humanity. As this man is suffering the worst pain that a parent can suffer by watching their child suffer and not have any control, not have anything to do to help them. When my son was younger, we had just moved here, um, so it was probably a year ago. Um, he was sitting on a chair uh, when we lived with Maddie's parents, and he fell off the chair backwards onto their hardwood floors, and he hit his head on the floor. And he cried, and he cried, and he cried, and, and we tried to calm him down, and eventually, a, a couple hours later, he started throwing up, and and we said, oh, we got to get to the hospital. And there was 
just this completely helpless feeling outside of praying and believing God as I held my son as my wife drove to the drove to the hospital and I'm praying in tongues and Maddie's praying and and we're just holding him as he's going in and out of sleep and he's throwing up as we're driving to the hospital so we can get him there do the CAT scan to find out eventually that he had a concussion he might have had one or two he's a rambunctious child um <laughs> This feeling of hopelessness outside of knowing that God wasn't there to help us. Say, God, if you can do anything, just have compassion on us. And thankfully, I knew that that wasn't the prayer I was supposed to be praying. The prayer I was supposed to be praying was, God, I can believe that you can do anything. I can believe that there's nothing too hard for you. So I don't know what type of brain injury is there but I'm speaking against it right now in the name of Jesus. I need you to do a wonder. I need you to do a miracle. I need you to do a sign and wonder and heal our son. Jesus is your wonderful today. If you can believe, that's the caveat. If you can just believe that he does wonders. If you can just believe that there's nothing too hard for God. If you can just believe in all things are possible to him who believes. If you read through the scriptures, if you read through the gospels, this week as you're doing your studies, as you're reading the Bible, and you read through the gospels, every time you see the word Jesus, every time you see the name Jesus, just switch it out this week to wonderful. Every time you see the name Jesus, just put in the word wonderful. Let's look at Mark 9, 23. Wonderful said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I want to remind you today throughout the Gospels that Jesus, that wonderful, wonderful is fully capable of creating. Wonderful is fully capable of giving life. He's fully capable of loving the unlovable. He's fully capable of finding the forgotten. He's fully capable of standing with the lonely. Jesus, our wonderful, is fully capable of helping you slay giants, is helping you move mountains. He's fully capable of providing needs and wants. He's fully capable of praying for his people. Wonderful is fully capable for building his earthly church. He's fully capable for building your heavenly home. Jesus is your wonderful today. Quit believing your problem is too big to overcome. Quit believing that your issues are for you to deal with only. Family, I want to tell you today to quit believing that God does not care because God does wonders and will provide strength to you today. I've got two scriptures and I'm finishing now. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, it says, Now to wonderful, now to Him, Jesus, now to wonderful, who is able to, not only is he able, but he's willing to do the bare minimum, barely enough. He's going to check your records and see how much you've sinned before he's going to help you. It's so important to, yes, read the scriptures, but also to read what the scriptures don't say. Because what the scripture says is now to Mr. Wonderful, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, that we can even ask or think according to the power of, who the power that works in him, the power that works in God, the power that works in heaven. No, 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 that power that's in us now. Verse 21, 
to wonderful be the glory in the church by wonderful to all generations forever and ever. Amen. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly. He is more than willing to flex his muscles and show off on your behalf. He is the God who does wonders. And the last scripture that I want to talk about is something that I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you to think about and meditate on this week. We're going to go all the way back to Job. Job is believed to be the, the oldest book of the Bible. And boy, has we, have we been beat up in the church with the book of Job. Boy, it is, a, it is a, a rough book to read. But remember, when you read Job, it's before Jesus. It's before Jesus ever showed up on the scene. If you read the end of Job, he's asking, is there not a mediator? Is there not a man? Is there not someone who can speak on my behalf to God? And he didn't have someone to speak on his behalf back then. But remember, we're not in Job's time. We're in Jesus' time. And it says in the scriptures in Timothy that there is a mediator now. And he's not a God. He's not an angel. He's not all these things. It's the man Jesus Christ. And the man Jesus Christ is the mediator between God and man. So be careful when you read Job. It's a great story to read, but know that we are no longer in the same time as Job existed. We are now in the time of Jesus. And one of his friends in Job chapter 5 is speaking to Job, trying to encourage him, trying to help him, trying to remind him. Eventually he gets rebuked later on for not helping Job. But look at verse 8 and verse 9. But as for me, I would seek God. And to God, I would commit my cause. Look at verse 9. Who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things with limit, with a handful, he'll run out by 2020? No, without number. So I want to encourage you today. I want to remind you today that God does wonders. Jesus' name is wonderful. Do you believe that he is ready and willing to be wonderful to you in your life in whatever you need? I want to encourage you and challenge you today. Let's look at that scripture one more time, verse 8. But as for me, wherever you're at today, say this. As for me, I will seek God. And to God, I will commit my cause. Don't let the burdens of life weigh you down anymore. Don't let the struggles of life Take you away from the promise that God already has for you. Do not for a second anymore struggle with wondering if God wants to do wonders. In Psalm 77, 14, the simple scripture buried deep in the heart of Psalms, the writer of this psalm says, You are the God who does wonders. No ifs, ands, or buts. There's nothing that can come against that statement. God is asking you, is there anything too hard for him to do today? Jesus is telling you, if you just believe, anything and all things are possible. Because he is willing to do so much more. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can even ask or think. And in Job chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, he says, you make sure you seek God. You make sure that you commit to his cause because verse 9 reminds you that he does great things, unsearchable things, marvelous things, and his bank account 
has eternity written in it for him to release those things to you, if only you believe. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Father, we just thank you that you are a God of wonder. We thank you that your son who you sent on the cross, Jesus himself, his name is wonderful. And wonderful oversees the church. Wonderful is building the church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Wonderful is our mediator between God and man. Wonderful is interceding for us. Wonderful went about doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. And if he did it back then, then he's still willing to do those wonderful things for us today. So Father, I thank you that you're encouraging us, you're challenging us. Thankfully, God, you're lovingly correcting us to remind us that you do wonderful things. And that whatever we come against in life, we can instantly have a question in our mind when we say, man, this is hard. That the first question that pops into my head is what God told Jeremiah. Is there anything too hard for me? No, there isn't. So what's the next step is what Jesus said. If I can believe, then anything's possible. And if anything's possible, then he's willing to do exceedingly abundantly above all things that I can even think or ask. So I'm going to seek out my Father today. I'm going to bring my cause to Him today. Because there's no limit on the wonderful things that God wants to do in His people's lives. Father, bless Your people, protect Your people, cause them to prosper in everything they do this week. And thank You, God, bring them back safely next Sunday in Jesus' name. Amen. We will see you online if you want to tune in. But we welcome you to come frequent these doorsteps to next Sunday, the 31st at 10 a.m. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful week in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.